My name is Marie, and this is Likened Unto Me, my personal scripture journey. My families, both the one I grew up in and the one I have now, have Christmas traditions. Some of them have lasted for years, decades even, like having orange juice after seeing what is in our stockings and before opening presents under the tree. That started when I was little because my mom wanted to get something healthy in us before we had junk food all day. And I have carried that one into my own family. Other traditions haven't lasted very long, like stringing popcorn to use as a garland on the Christmas tree. At least it didn't last very long in my family. Some of you know what I'm talking about. My mom made us do it. I did not like that tradition. I have very little patience and it took forever to string that many feet of popcorn. I believe that my mom got sick of basically doing it all herself, so that tradition only lasted a few years. But traditions, no matter how long they last, help us to remember. The scriptures are full of traditions, for good or ill, that helped people remember things. Today, I want to share one of my family's Christmas traditions with you. My granddad Hatch, my dad's dad, was born in 1916 and lived most of his life in Taylor, Arizona. When I was born, he would have been 68, but he had passed away a couple of years before that, so I never met him. But thankfully, he had recorded on cassette tape stories from his life. And someone, I think one of my aunts, transcribed everything he said so that we have a book. One of the stories is about his happiest Christmas memory. And every year on Christmas Eve, my dad reads it to us. And I would like to read it to you today. My granddad was a cowboy, and you'll hear his accent come out as I read his words to you. I was a growing up during the Depression, and Christmases weren't as commercialized as they are now. Along about 1933, myself and a couple of my friends decided to go to Phoenix along the 1st of December to look for some work. They'd heard that there might be some work down there, so we hitchhiked to Phoenix, and that's when you had to go by way of Flagstaff and Prescott and Wickenburg. We spent three days hitchhiking to Phoenix from Taylor. We couldn't catch a ride, and we heard a truck a-coming, a big truck. We heard him start gearing his truck down, so we decided to get right on top of the hill and catch him. When he slowed down enough, we caught the back end of the big semi and mounted it, and when we got up in there, it was an open-top semi loaded with cattle. The weather was cold. The only way we could keep warm on top of that truck was to get right down between the cows, but they were jammed in there so tight that we couldn't fall on down. We got into Wickenburg and decided to get out. Twas oh, two or three o'clock in the morning. We were cold and hungry and broke and went into a little cafe there, and when we warmed up, we got a little drowsy, and sitting on a bench there, as I remember distinctly, one truck driver come in and looked at us sitting on this bench and said, What is this, a trenching camp? And there happened to be a waitress there that jumped all over him. Now, she said, they're just as welcome in here as you are, and if you don't like it, you can leave. Anyway, this gal that morning gave us our breakfast and sent us on our way. We didn't have any money. We were about 17 years old and didn't have any money. We got into Phoenix and there was no work, and the soup lines was in operation at that time. You could buy hot cakes and coffee for a dime, but we didn't have the dimes. You could stand in line in these soup lines and get you a bowl of soup for nothing. Anyway, we survived. Old Vaughn had a sister there, and he spent Christmas with her, 
and the other guy, he had some relatives there, and he decided to spend Christmas there, and I said, well, I'm going home for Christmas. The morning of the 24th of December, I headed for home. I was lucky to catch rides. I caught a ride from Phoenix to Wickenburg, and then right away I caught a ride to Flagstaff. I got into Flagstaff just about sundown that night. It had been storming a little bit. I was dressed in a light field jacket and had on a low-cut pair of shoes. My shoes were worn through the soles and had holes about the size of a silver dollar in the bottom. In Flagstaff, I hunted up some pasteboards, cardboard, and fit them into my shoes to keep my feet off the ground. It cleared up and I started to walk out of Flag. The temperature dropped down and it went to 20 below that night. When I got out, oh, probably 15 miles this side of Flag and nobody would stop. They just wouldn't stop for me. There weren't too many cars on the road, but here it was Christmas Eve, and I guess it was probably ten below zero when I saw a car coming, and I thought, well, if he don't stop, I'll just go off to the side of the road here and lean up against a tree. And I had heard it was fairly comfortable to freeze to death. You warmed up and that it wasn't too miserable, and I had made up my mind to do that. I was that cold. This was probably ten o'clock at night. I had walked from sundown until ten o'clock at night towards Winslow. I stood there and thumbed the car, and he went right on by, and I sunk down to the pavement. I didn't have any matches. I couldn't have built a fire. Everything was wet, frost all over. I sunk down to the side of the road, and about that time, I heard the brakes squeak. I jumped up and headed down as fast as I could toward that car. When I got there, it was two men from Taylor. They were coming from Phoenix, and as I turned around after they passed, one of them had recognized me, and they stopped. They hauled me on home, and it was about midnight when we pulled into Taylor. There was still a light at the old house. I slipped through the front door, then on into the door into the dining room. There sat Ma and Dad in front of the fire with their heads in their hands. They didn't know where I was. They hadn't heard from me for a month. They jumped up. Mom said, We've spent all night a-praying that you'd get home safely. There were no presents. We probably had chicken dinner the next day. We didn't have the money to buy presents, so we didn't have any. But that was all the present that I needed, to be home and to be loved, to have my family. T'was probably the happiest Christmas of my life. So that's his happiest Christmas and my family's tradition. We read it every year and my dad gets choked up as he reads it every year. That's part of the tradition too. But Christmas is not about traditions. It's not about presents. It's not about music or lights. It's not even about family. Those are things that can help us to remember what Christmas is about, but they aren't Christmas. Christmas is about Christ. Everything points to Christ. The prophet Alma said that he had all things as a testimony of Christ. Christ is even in this story from my granddad. Just like my granddad traveled to Phoenix without a cent to his name, we all come to this earth with nothing. He was looking for work, and we are here to work out our salvation. But things don't always go according to plan. Like my granddad's trip to Phoenix didn't yield the work he was looking for, sometimes our lives don't turn out how we think they will. We're not able to accomplish what we want to. Life gets hard. But hopefully, we turn toward home, our heavenly home. We seek our Father in heaven. And like my granddad, no matter how hard we try... We will not make it back home without help. Life will push us to the brink. Even when we are going in the right direction with righteous desires, 
we won't be able to make it on our own. But remember that people, I believe on both sides of the veil, are praying you home. And when we have done all we can, walking in the figurative cold, when we feel almost ready to give up, the Savior recognizes us. He stops and he carries us home. Christmas is about Christ. And since Christmas is about Christ, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what traditions you do or don't have, whether you have family around you, whether you have good memories or bad memories, Christmas is for you because Christ is for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I hope that we can find Christ in all we do this Christmas season, that we let the presents, the traditions, the food, family, all of it remind us of Christ and bring us closer to him. And may we find him in every day, not just Christmas Day. He's there. He recognizes you. He knows you. He loves you. He is the way home. Thanks for listening. Any quotes or scriptures or stories that I used are cited in the description. This is likened unto me, my personal scripture journey.